Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show, whatever that means. And my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How are you, Simon? I'm good, thank you, Steve. On this Monday morning that we're recording yet again, taking advantage of the fact that, uh, you know, I've got a little more time than usual. (laughs) Uh, So it's good, yeah, you know, the weather's eased off, isn't it? It's not boiling in the shed. Yeah, we. I think I've we got missed... some trousers on for once. <laughs> we missed the worst of it, didn't we? And yeah, uh, and then all of that finished yesterday. I don't know what it was like in Hitchin, but in London, the rain was torrential. Um, I walked. I was. I was out seeing a bit of art, Simon. Just a. Did you, know, you now? Like I do on a on a Sunday. I saw some art, which I I definitely didn't understand. And then on the way back home, four-minute walk from my house to the tube station, it was like having a bath. Not a shower. Not a shower. It was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Um, Absolutely insane to watch. Crazy to be in. And um, I assume there's more of that to come thanks to climate change. I mean, I was was sat here from my uh, Hertfordshire base looking back at the Twitter photos of cars floating by and all this, mm. so one of the one of the undergrounds flooded. Mm. Didn't It didn't look like much fun. It was fun for the four-minute walk back to my house, and if I'd had to be out any longer than that, um, no, it, wouldn't, it wasn't fun at all. Uh, but I do prefer the weather now. Now it's broken at a sort of cool 22 degrees uh, to the 30-plus. We were sweltering in for most of last week. So it's it's taken the flooding to make you happy. <laughs> what um, sacrifices? <laughs> that's what, I meant. what um what art did you see? Um, I uh couldn't tell you the name of the person whose art it was because I was taken there on a kind of mystery tour. Uh, I'm going to take you some art," said my partner. Um, and uh, you know, I could Google it now. That would be rude, Simon. Uh, so I'm right. not going to do that. Uh, it was uh, a video and sound installation, very, very close to the to Somerset House, and it involved a lot of screens showing lots of data. Uh, and at one point, a crowd, well, because you were all let in there in sort of 15-minute intervals and then guided through this seven- or eight-room experience. And at one point involved... About 20 of us all stood in front of a big screen uh, just with a big black hole on it that was strobing at us going thwum, thwum, thwum. Um, felt as close as I've been to being in a cult, uh, apart wow. from uh, hosting Marioki, which we'll also talk about later in the show. Great. Thankfully, my partner knows me better than to say such things to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of much worse. Uh, it was it, no. It was. I. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, 
But beyond that, I've had quite an annoying week, uh, which has been been uh, really encapsulated by a, a person, don't know who, has started spoofing my email address. So using it to sell crypto. I don't know if oh, it's Dexter. Wow. Could be Dexter. Um, and um, and uh, yeah, it means every morning I wake up to about 30 emails from Germans. Uh, <laughs> uh, 30 emails from Germans um, either declining my kind offer to sell them crypto or um, or just out of office emails or, uh, or bounce backs. How much? Uh, how much crypto are they moving? I, I, mean, I don't know if that's how you speak about it. I'm just. <laughs> is it? Is it lots? Which um, one is it? Is it dog? Well, I can't. Is it read Ethereum? It unfortunately, it's written in German. Uh, but the headline uh, of the email says: "Invest in altcoins, seven hundred and sixty dollars, and earn eighteen million dollars," which is a compelling, uh, compelling proposition. And I'm surprised there hasn't been more take up from the Germans, frankly. <laughs> It does sound good. How many dollars? <laughs> Simon, things aren't that bad, surely. Has it, maybe this is what One Life Left has been working towards. <laughs> a pyramid scheme of crypto. Turn, is that what you were in it for the long game? Yeah, turn every every uh, turn every downside like the flooding into a upside like the temperatures. That's what One Life Left's Good at, I think. Uh, unfortunately, if you are the person out there who is uh, spoofing my email address, please stop. It's really annoying. Well, what what a week! <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so, shall we get on with the news? Let's get on with the news. Okay. Right. This is the news. Simon, shamefully, I have not done my research this week. Have you got a number of news stories? I'm wondering if these sort of late uh, recording sessions are working for you, Steve, because <laughs> if it seems to me the longer we have to prepare, the less preparation you do. Fewer. <laughs> Eurogamer wrote on the 23rd of July, Tokyo Olympic Games opening opening features a suite of game music. Tom Phillips says, a year late and under a cloud of controversy, the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games has officially kicked off to a soundtrack of familiar video game music. The Olympics' traditional parade of nations saw athletes from all competing countries enter the Tokyo Olympic Stadium to the sounds of Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts and Sonic the Hedgehog. Music from Monster Hunter, Soul Calibur, Chrono Trigger and Dragon Quest was also played. Even the recently rebranded PES, Pro Evolution Soccer, got a look in. Uh, they then linked to a few qu- uh, clips, um, and uh, yeah, uh, they've um, Eurogamer have linked to the opening, which I'll admit I've not watched, but uh, everybody seemed very excited that video games were featuring such a prominent role in the uh, in the Olympics this year. Did you see them, Steve? I didn't. I saw a brief clip of I think it was basketball of the noise of <laughs> of. Um, how do you say it? Scoring a net, making a basket. Yeah. Um, oh wait, I did. I... Hold on. I, I watched that Netflix Last Chance You uh, documentary about basketball this week, so I should know that. Okay. I think they said something like putting it in the bin, <laughs> but it couldn't have been that because I don't think Americans say bin. No, it's a trash. That's what you do. You score a but... trash. He's all. He's always putting it in the trash. It doesn't sound right. Anyway, right. when they when they uh, uh, when they put it in the trash, something like the Mario coin noise seemed to be happening. But that said, um, the thing that I saw people pointing out about the opening ceremony was there was no Nintendo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. So you know, I uh, was a computer gamer in the early days, so didn't have huge access to the consoles which have gone on to 
uh, cement themselves, establish themselves permanently in many people's minds. Um, so, uh, yeah, the songs that I could, I could hum, none feature uh, within the opening ceremony. I just wondered whether, whether you could hum the Dragon Quest introduction lotto theme. <laughs> Can you? Absolutely not. I've, ne- I've never played a Dragon Quest game. Have you? Yes, uh, the most recent one, which is which I eBayed. Uh, what about? Wait, wait, um, wait, wait. What's the Lotto theme then? Well, that's just from Dragon Quest, not Dragon Quest Thirteen, ah, which I was playing. Sorry, apologies. come on, Steve. Okay, okay. What about Tales of Series Slay's theme Dash Guru? Can you hum that for me? I've not. I don't know what. This is getting worse. I don't know what that game is. <laughs> well, here you are. What about uh, Ace Combat First Flight? Right, you'd think. That I'd know that because I do know what Ace Combat is, uh, but no, never. Does it sound a bit like the Top Gun theme? It must do. <laughs> Just with some of the notes around, that's it. <laughs> what about this one? Somebody must have coerced the Olympic Committee into featuring this. Uh, winning eleven brackets Pro Evolution Soccer, the E Football Walk On theme. So that's not the classic Pez theme, is it? No, it's no, a very that's specific the new e, one. isn't it? <laughs> Can you put this one in? We're about to launch a new one. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe that's why uh, why Nintendo didn't do it. They thought it was all a little bit impure for them. Um, Potentially, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I, you know. I'd be interested to know if there was anybody that could name all of those themes as they were being featured in the Olympics or whether it took a, a collaborative effort to get that track list together. Uh, but, you know, still, I think that's... I think, that's I, a, think a, I can imagine the type of collaborative, collaborative effort it took to get your game featured in there. Um, I've got some news for you, Simon. Go on. From VG247. Sega admits it announced the new Sonic the Hedgehog game a bit too early. Uh, Sega has conceded that its vague reveal of a new Sonic the Hedgehog game due to launch in 2022 was a bit premature in a new interview. (laughs) Back in May, Sega announced that it is working on a new Sonic the Hedgehog game for release in 2022. There are no details at all about what this new title is going to be. And the only teaser we've got so far (laughs) features Sonic running. Does it? Imagine that. (laughs) It's got running in it. It's got Sonic, Sonic running in it. I mean, to be fair, it's not a surprise, right? There's always going to be a new Sonic game, at least until Sonic is cancelled, and I don't see that happening. Uh, mind Why? You, mind Why? You, who does? What did he do when he was younger? Yeah, we've no, we've no idea. <laughs> um, there's always going to be a new Sonic game, and he's always going to run in it. Uh, but yeah, you've got to get your announcements right, haven't you? What? Um, can you just read the opening line of that story again? Yes, I can. Sega has conceded that conceded it's, yeah, that's, that it's vague reveal uh, was a bit premature. So was there was there pressure on Sega? Did people go? Have you announced this too early, Sega? And Sega was like, no. Uh, go on, have you? Well, it's well, we think from, you have. It's all from an interview with four. Ga- well, you know how, as we've mentioned many times since we've been doing the news like this. Um, that what we've learnt is that most games journalists in 2020, 2021, um, politely uh, mention their sources at the start of a news story, and their source is usually another place, and ultimately always that seems to lead back to Bloomberg. Here, they mention two sources. They help you on the trail. They say, in an interview with 4Gamer via Nintendo Enthusiast, Sonic okay. Team lead Takashi Izuka says the company wanted to get something out in public about the game, but admits the offering was scant. We haven't announced a brand new action game for the Sonic series since Sonic Forces, and that caused fans to worry, said Azuka in the interview. While it was a bit premature, I wanted to at least take the occasion of the 30th anniversary to announce that a brand new title was in development. It sounds it sounds to me uh, like someone at 4Gamer has gone, all right, lads, we knew Sonic was going to run. Knew he was a hedgehog. We knew he was coming back. Why did you do that? Okay, um, and that is why they conceded. Well, I'm, I'm glad that they've that, uh, that uh, they've reached that conclusion finally. It was getting a bit ridiculous, wasn't it? <laughs> I uh, was not aware of that news story, but now, thanks to VG247, uh, Nintendo enthusiast, and 4Gamer, I am. 
Vicky Blake wrote on Eurogamer, Sony has once again renewed the trademark for its PS3-era social space PlayStation Home. The filing, which was reportedly submitted on the 21st of July 2021, according to a Redditor who's keeping a close eye on this situation, has secured the European trademark up until 1st of October 2028. Though little else is available on the trademark application's webpage, it's still logged as goods and services and categorised as computer game software. Though there's presently no official confirmation either way that Sony might be looking to relaunch Home, or at least some kind of version of it, it's the third such rumour to have surfaced in as many months, leading some to think it may have something to do with a return to PSVR 2, brackets thanks comic book, which is a website as opposed to an object, um, that would dovetail nicely into large-scale social events such as those we've seen in Fortnite, adding VR compatibility, and it could be a very exciting development indeed. Could it, uh, Steve? Could I, it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you once wrote a Marioki song about this, didn't you? To the Kaiser Chiefs, I think. I did, didn't I? Mm, so I understand you may not be enthused about this. And neither am I, really. I'm not a PlayStation Home user. A lot of people were. Um, a surprising number of people were, even by the end. What I have to say about this news story, though, uh, is, I guess, first off, this news story, specifically this one about them renewing the trademark, is a nonsense, right? I don't know if you, Simon, have a stack of domain names that you <laughs> that you uh, re- renew every year, even though you're never going to do anything with them, uh, because you can't bear to let them drop, and it's been so long, and you think, maybe, maybe next year I might bring this back. Omnomnomnom.com, still mine. <laughs> still is mine, it? yeah. How like, much is that How much is that costing you per year? It's costing me 15 quid a year, and that's, uh, that's about 15 years after uh, I thought of the joke, and... Probably about 14 years after someone tried to buy it off me for three grand. And I thought, three grand? No chance. I'm going to be an om nom 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 millionaire. Uh, Steve. I know, I know. It's too at least my jokes. Again, Simon. At least my jokes only tend to last for the introductory registration period before <laughs> I go. Am I, am I really ever going to do anything with VRSoul.com? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did. We did let, um, what was that one we got to annoy Parco? Oh, um, Hook, Hookshot LNC. Hookshot LNC, LNC that's <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is presumably Sony's equivalent of that. They've got the trademark for PlayStation Home and they're like, ah, oh, you know, we're probably not going to do anything with it, but... We're Sony, it's, it's, what is it, it's a few grand, we might as well renew it. Secondly, oh sorry, do you have something? Well no, I was just going to say that uh, I believe that um, part of the trademark process shows that um, if you aren't actively protecting it, then it could be argued that you are, that you were, are no longer interested and somebody else could come in and, and, mm. uh, and uh, take it from you, I think. Mm. I am not a lawyer. So, secondly, I think it's quite likely they are looking at something like this. Um, because I imagine if you're at Sony, you see the rush to the metaverse, which is catching, as we've mentioned on the show, an awful lot of investment at the moment. You see things like VR chat, which continue to draw a ludicrous number of users in, and you realise you've got the perfect uh, base for that. Uh, Sony have invested in. I think they invested in Roblox, didn't they? Um, and uh, maybe they've taken some other metaverse shots, but it would be, I think, silly of them to not have a go at, go at this themselves, especially it, within their own ecosystem. And as I said, PlayStation Home was surprisingly popular, even while everyone was making fun of it at the end of its life. So um, doing something that brings back PS Home and puts it in PSVR seems to make perfect sense to me. Yeah, well, if it does come back, Steve, what we need to do this time round is is get active in it, sell things for <laughs> it. Because I, I continue to come across companies that made loads of money by being on PlayStation Home for the first couple of years or what mm. have you, uh, when there was a lot of appetite for it. Um, and, you know, all we were doing was sniggering from the sidelines. So I would happily change my perspective if we can get some piece of that action. 
Well, to me, it sounds like a perfect reason to re-register vrsoul.com. <laughs> uh, okay, do you, do you have anything else? Well, um, I do. PC Gamer wrote uh, two days ago... The free-to-play pull. Uh, who was this by? Andy Chalk. Uh, the free-to-play Portal meets Halo FPS Splitgate has been around on PC for a couple of years now, during which time it struggled to maintain a player base. According to Steam charts, a reasonably strong launch in May 2019 quickly tailed off to an average monthly concurrent player count of just over 100. Things started to pick up in the late 2020, but over the past week, the player count has exploded to the point that it could be very difficult to matchmake into the game. Now, uh, you can tell we don't normally have stories from PC Gamer which feature on the One Life Left news because what I've started to do to avoid repetition is not read out the headline, whereas PC Gamer apparently write their news uh, differently, which meant that you probably didn't know what the point of this story was when <laughs> I started talking. The headline is, the Splitgate crossplay beta is so popular the developers had to take it offline. Um, now, uh, the reason I thought this was interesting is that Dexter is all over this. It's a free-to-play FPS that he's been playing um, all weekend. Uh, I'm not sure if it's appropriate for him, but if it isn't, let's pretend I'm talking about someone else. Um, and yeah, no, it's 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 making big, uh, it's making waves. Steve, Splitgate. Have you have you heard of it? Played it? This is the first time I've heard it. Yeah, so good. I mean, he was showing me over the weekend that he, that still, even though they've um, uh, uh, they've tried to fix the matchmaking issues, it still it still can be difficult to get a game. Uh, he says it's very good. Dexter does. Um, and so, yeah, I'm uh, I'm including it in the news before everybody else starts talking about it. Okay, what makes it good? Do we know anything about that? Yeah, he was telling me about it. So, it's, so if you take the conceit of Portal uh, in that you can place one uh, uh, one opening mm-hmm. uh, in one part of the level and another, another part in uh, another and you could leap between the two. Um, he said, uh, Dexter was explaining, so yeah, it's, it's a fast-paced FPS. You can't shoot through the portal. You can't shoot bullets through the portals. But you can uh, you, you can shoot an opposing team's portal to close it, um, or uh, to close one of their players' portals. Uh, you can throw. I th- did he say you can throw grenades through it though, or something like that? But yeah, it sounded, it sounded quite interesting in the way that it it, it let you. Uh, you could put, he was saying that you could put a portal um, close to a spawn point and see when people. Uh, yeah, it's something to do with being able to see through it one way or what have you. Um, yeah, they they can't see through it, but you can. Uh, said made it very interesting. I've probably got a lot of that wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he seems to be... It, it stopped him playing uh, Days Gone, which is also, um, you know, an 18 rating games. And so that's also stopped him playing it. He doesn't play Days Gone. Um, <laughs> and uh, GTA, which he also doesn't play. Um, that's super interesting. It's also interesting that this is the opposite problem most makers of um, multiplayer games have, right? That... Um, typically you will have a hit right at the start in the first week and then people will drop off very fast and that escalates because as soon as people start dropping off your multiplayer game it's hard for people to match make within that system because you just end up playing the same few people over and over again and then you drop too and eventually it's just one person there I remember um, Dan Marshall saying that about Gun Monkeys which was great but he swore off ever making a multiplayer game ever again for precisely that reason it's very very hard to sustain them so it's good to see something working in the opposite direction yeah it's the, it's the console um cross play beta which has reignited this interest um so again yeah it just goes to show uh, it's not all about uh, what you do in the first week anymore uh, stick at it and you can have my son <laughs> now remember you 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 heard about it here first uh, after pc gamer um, have you got any other news stories? No, uh, I was going to ask you to guess the comments on one, uh, if you fancy doing that. Yeah, of course, please. Uh, so these comments were left on Reddit. Uh, the story, PC Gamer again, headline is, Valve says it hasn't found a game Steam Deck can't handle. Steve, top two top two uh, comments, please, from you. Remember, these are members of the public that are responding to somebody sharing that news. Valve says it hasn't found a game Steam Deck can't handle. Come on. Well, um, First comment would be so, a typical comment in on this sort of story would be someone acting like they know more than Valve um, about this sort of thing. Close. If you if you get a new piece of PC hardware, Steve, come on. Uh, what's the first thing that you do? 
well, what's what's the test as to whether it's any good? You run. Um, hmm, the, the the benchmarking thing. Well, no, the game. Come on, what's the game that supposedly pushes PC gaming? Come on, shall I shall I tell you? The one that killed my PC and made me upgrade was Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, and the one that all of the you know people who know about these sort of things go, they go, oh, run Quake 3 RTX. Um, what, am I, what am I thinking? I mean, Cyberpunk? Uh, nearly. Uh, there was a website set up, wasn't there? Can it run Crisis? Oh, right. Okay. Of course. Of course. And then the other pithy comment is, really, Valve? So we can play Half-Life Alex on it, says somebody <laughs> with, with 51 upvotes. Actually, I did have a news story which appeared not to have stuck in my notes um, about that sort of thing. Did you see that Amazon game, New Worlds, uh, bricked a load of um, 20, uh, 30, uh, 30, what are they, 30, 80 cards? Um, because in of the, the menu system. Yeah. <laughs> I did see that. That's funny, isn't it? It is funny, unless you're the owners of one of those cards playing that beta. So, so the, the cause behind that was that uh, menus aren't typically frame-limited. So games run at, you know, 60 or even 120 FPS, but a menu system um, just runs because it doesn't push anything, and the graphics card was just trying to push it to its absolute limits, right? And the, so the, it was the, running um, it at millions of frames per second exactly. and out. Exactly. <laughs> I think I think they've offered to replace any cards that were affected, but you know, I I, I I dread to think the feeling that you know whoever was in charge of the QA planning for that beta, like because you know it's a funny thing to laugh about because it seems so absurd, but that's precisely I'd imagine why it wasn't ever mm. thought to have tested for this sort of thing. But you know, you can bet that everybody will be testing that from now on. Yep, straight into uh, menu systems. Right, okay, thank you, Simon. One life left, video game news with Anne Scantleberry. We're back. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. Uh, my name is Steve Curran. That there is Simon Byron. Hello. Uh, hi. How are you doing, Simon? Doing okay, actually, Steve. Yeah, I'm... Uh, uh, yeah, all, all is well. Good. Uh, you'll also be able to hear a piece of music right now. I have probably taken that from chipmusic.org, but you'll be able to confirm that by going to the show notes at www.onelifeleft.com. Uh, show notes have been kindly written by our under-caretaker, Bill. Ah. Sorry, the reason why I paused then is that I was going to say something slightly, slightly too much um, uh, when you asked me how I'm, 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 I'm waiting for a job offer to come in. Uh, Steve, what? Actually. Congratulations, yeah, so, Simon. Former, former, thank you. Um, and uh, I opened up my email as we were chatting there, and it well, I, I got I got a notification uh, that said uh, that I got a new email, and I opened it up, and it's from Holiday Extras, who say I can have up to twenty percent off airport parking with this email. It's not, <laughs> it's not what I was expecting into my inbox. You could get, you could um, take the job offer, or you could just go on holiday, leave your car somewhere <laughs> for twenty percent. Yeah, saving twenty percent. Maybe. Well, maybe I can afford to do the latter because of the former. 
Uh, anyway, it's not it's not in yet, so I don't actually have a job well, offer. But keep us, you know, keep us informed. I will do. I'm looking forward to seeing you next Saturday, Sunday, Sunday or Saturday. Yeah, be good. Saturday, both. Hopefully, well, so you know, the options open. Steve, you can stay over if you want. It's legal these Let's days. See how the Saturday uh, Saturday goes before I commit to that. Um, it'll be the first time I've seen you for a while. I was trying to work out when um, I actually saw you last. And I, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't going to bring it up with you. In, well, just in case I'd forgotten that we had. <laughs> when was it? I can't remember. I, I mean, have I seen you since, since the pandemic? Have I seen you during the pandemic? I don't think so. But then at the same uh, time, How dare you forget? Yeah. I can't remember. I think I feel like we must have seen each other but maybe I, not. yeah well maybe this sort of contact uh you know feels like we're we're still seeing each other perhaps we haven't perhaps i haven't touched you since uh march 2020 that's it though i, I i've seen um you know i i, I recently uh well we'll talk about marioki later in the show but recently you know i've just seen some friends who I haven't seen for such a long time, but because we've caught up so much on Zoom and, and, and just generally talked, it actually hasn't felt quite as weird as, you know, it would have done if this had happened uh, even, you know, 15 years ago, something like that. Um, yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I do completely empathise with you and me about not being able to remember <laughs> whether we have seen each other <laughs> over the last eight I minutes. will... Um... <laughs> I will give you some warning. Um, when you put your arms around me, mm-hmm. um, you know, as 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 we both know that you like to do, of course, uh, you you will find your palms are slightly further away from each other on the other <laughs> side <laughs> than they were the last time I saw you. I, it's it's be- it's becoming a problem now. We have to do something about it. Right? Shall we get on with the letters? Let's get on with the letters. We have had two letters in the Discord this week, uh, in the Discord mailbag channel. Have we had any in our inboxes? We have, Steve. It's slightly inappropriate, but let's go for it anyway. Uh, Sam Collins from Yuki writes uh, to the team at One Life Left. He says, hi, Simon. Heard on the show that you'd left Curve. Thought I'd check. I heard by emailing you at Curve. You've already been removed from the Curve server. Must be true then. What happened? What's next? Is there anything? If there's anything I can help with, just shout, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Um, I've not replied to this email. He sent it on Wednesday. I was out and about on Thursday and Friday. So apologies for that. Uh, but you are the only letter that we've had to that address this week. So uh, yeah, I left. I left at the end of June. Uh, and I'm hoping to get a job offer today. I, I will fill you in properly off air. Uh, because, um, yeah. <laughs> well, you might not need to if anything happens in the next half hour. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, maybe we can... Uh, uh, maybe there will be some breaking news later on. But if there isn't, I will rep- I will respond to your email. Thank you for getting in touch. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I, I know Sam, and he's lovely. And it's really, lovely. really exciting to see his name in our inbox. Um, surprising to see it in the One Life Left folder. Uh, and then I was like, well, this is interesting. Maybe he only has my One Life Left email uh, and he's writing to me about something. Uh, turns out <laughs> wasn't wasn't addressed to me. It was addressed to you. No, exactly. but it was nice well, to read a bit of your personal correspondence as well. Thanks, thanks yeah. very much. I will keep you in the loop when I respond with all of the juicy gossip. Do. You worry do, just, about that. Just see well, things. Oh, the other thing, though, is that if you want Sam to email you, just, you know, jack whatever you're doing is without anything to go to. And then, you know, have people wondering why on earth you'd do that. All right. Hello, team, writes Weasel Spoon on uh, the One Life Left mailbag. In the One Life Left mailbag channel. It's Olympics time at last. What's the best Olympics games game? How do you feel about the parallel world where Mario and Sonic competed for the Olympics in 2020? Pip, pip, Robert. Have you watched much of the Olympics, Simon? I haven't, no. I know that um, our friend David is excited by it because it's in Tokyo where he lives. But, you know, I, I know that the Olympics aren't about me necessarily, but I do find it inconvenient that they're already on when I wake up. Mm. Uh, and that they're and that they're going on through my working day, 
you know, I just think they should be a bit more considerate and have it and have it run to <laughs> Lond- London 2012 time. <laughs> it would be, be much more convenient. Uh, Tom Daly won a gold this morning, though, didn't he? Uh, with he his did. diving partner, whose name I've forgotten. Well done to him. I think there were a couple of other golds as well. Adam Peaty in the in the old swimming, um, and was it another diving person? Yeah, that's a Tom and his partner won. But there was three golds. I think there was another. I, said, well, I don't know. I don't I know. It's on too early for me. That's the problem, isn't it? That's one. Yeah. One of the problems uh, with the Olympics. I have. Uh, I've not really been watching it as well. I think uh, it's also unfortunate that the that the BBC deal with Discovery has made it slightly harder to watch as well. It was so great last time. You could just flick on the red button. Watch yeah. Whatever you wanted, and that's that's all gone now. Um, all gone. All gone. All right, video games. What's the best Olympics game? Okay, straight up track and field. That's that's your answer. That's the easiest answer, isn't it? It's no, it's the truest answer as well. Actually, um, I've been playing an awful lot of track and field over the last uh, three weeks. Oh, uh, on your it, your arcade machine. Yep, 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 yep. And which I can you know, see behind you right now has nineteen forty two running. Well, yes, this is on the hyperspin front end, Steve. Okay. Thanks, th- thanks for noticing. But uh, you know, you just scroll it down here. Apparently, uh, I can't just with one arm. Uh, yeah, but um, you know, with access to nine thousand games, don't worry. I have legally owned all of those arcade machines previously. <laughs> I have um, in my old house, where <laughs> when I was from another school, um, uh, and uh, yeah, so I've been sorting through them and putting them to a menu. Uh, that has just, you know, just boots up into the favourites, right? Because you can be overwhelmed by choice. Um, and so, yeah, I've been doing that. And um, But the one I've been spending definitely the most time on is track and field. And that, you know, and I also want to move to hypersports afterwards, but it's track and field that I go back to. Well, um, I'm, I'm a little younger than you. What? Just a little, just a touch. Uh, does, of course, mean we are, uh, you know... From different eras of arcade classics, and for me, the uh, the track and field of my day, and by my day I mean university, was Sega's decathlete, and that um, for me is is the best Olympics game, not Olympics, of all time. I loved that game at the arcades or at my university. I sunk so much of my not student loan into it. Uh, I was really good at it. It was very, very, very good at the high jump. I was best in the university at the high jump and at the javelin. And there was a cheat that you could find on the internet that allowed you to curl up in a ball as you did the uh, 100 metres, a bit like Sonic the Hedgehog. I see, but have you been playing it recently, though? I mean, to me, that is the illustration of a game that lasts the test of time. You know, are you still playing? It doesn't sound like you are. Well, unfortunately, Simon, unlike you, as I've just noted, I didn't own the arcade machine. Um, so there's no way of me legally owning that yeah, game. That's a good point. Um, well, anyway, when you come around at the weekend, I'm looking forward to marvelling at my long jump uh, world <laughs> record. Actually, you know what? I will um, do, and then in the game. <laughs> um I yeah so I've actually I've you know since I've got the arcade machine I've 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 found myself uh on forums I've never been on before um and with track and field and hypersports specifically thinking of you <laughs> um I've gone in and adjusted the dip switches to make the qualifying times more newcomer friendly ah that's very kind so of you Simon so that your you. game won't be over um, you know when uh, I'm I'm jumping close to nine meters horizontally, <laughs> and um, on the high jump I've got up to two meters forty. So you know, yeah, that's ridiculous. You're the you're the uh, Billy Mitchell of of our time. I am. Um, Ian L adds a supplementary question onto Robert's question on the uh, on the Discord. That's the nice thing about the Discord letters mailbag is that uh, listeners can bounce off each other. It becomes interactive. Hi, team. Supplementary question. Winter or Summer Olympics? Which do you prefer? Summer. Why is that? Because I could jump n- almost nine metres horizontally. <laughs> Maybe you can go further on the ice, though. Yeah, I always found uh, the winter sports games, um, like Winter Games uh, from Epics um, and uh, Steep... 
um, and anything in between those names I can't quite recall because there's yeah because I wasn't quite familiar with the sports themselves mm. um, yeah they they uh, yeah they they didn't feel as as relevant to my interest there was that weird sort of walk skiing and shooting sport from winter games wasn't there what cross was that country, all about isn't it. Is it is is that what it's it's not called cross country is it otherwise it shouldn't it be called cross oh, no, country sorry, and shooting cross country skiing is called right I don't know now play along at home listeners if you know if you know the name of that shout it at your radio shout it at the wireless I got um the uh, the C sixty four mini out of the loft this morning um which I'm sorting out my displays ahead of your visit Steve um. That's not true. Uh, I was up there to try and get the cat uh, boxes because we're going to get vaccinated later. Not for COVID, uh, <laughs> but for other cat cat things. Uh, but I thought that with a Spectrum Vega, two things I've never actually opened, of course, uh, should come into. But the they shed. didn't end up in the canal, so they haven't. No, um, I was just checking to see that's got uh, it's got California games on it. Doesn't have winter games, so I couldn't. Check the name of that discipline for you, I'm afraid. We're getting closer to California games, though, aren't we? Because surfing's in the Olympics, I saw that. Skateboarding Skate- now. Skateboarding is, yeah. We need hacky sack. <laughs> Steroid abuse. <laughs> Surely Ultimate Frisbee must be on its way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frisbee-ish. Frisbee golf. Frisbee have you, have you ever played that? No, I- I IRL? Oh, it's that, good. Is it? Mm, it's really good. Okay. Good to know. Well, I hope I, I hope that answers uh, our listeners' questions. If you've got any questions for the mailbag on Discord, post them on our Discord. You can find the Discord URL in the show notes or write to team at onelifeleft.com. Especially if you've got any personal business for Simon. <laughs> This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're also a podcast which you can listen to at www.onelifeleft.com. If you're listening on Resonance FM, uh, that's fantastic. We love Resonance so much. It's the best radio station in the world. But why not subscribe to the podcast as well? That would give you a library of One Life Lefts at your fingertips. You could go back, refer to previous episodes, and you'd up our subscriber numbers by one. Um, Simon, it's a very exciting mm. week 
for me because something happened on Friday. What happened on Friday? On Friday, we did the very first live Marioki for 497 days. Wow, well done. How was it? Well, um, I I think I was nervous for the first time doing a Marioki in, well, 497 days, but much longer than that, uh, since the very early days of Marioki. And I, uh, yeah, genuinely filled with trepidation. I don't think that was COVID-related, but just because we had no idea how many people would turn up at all. Uh, the venue we uh, were given, um, very, very lucky to be offered this uh, brilliant venue in East London called Rule Zero, and they had a, or they continue to have, at least <laughs> I think they continue to have, I've not checked after the flooding, but um don't think the flooding's affected them. They have a venue called Below Zero, which is a 55 capacity uh, venue, lovely stage, lovely lighting, lovely sound, and it's only limited to that number of people because of fire regulations. It's actually bigger than that, which makes it perfect for COVID because everyone can be a bit distanced in there. And yeah, but we've never done a uh, seated Marioki before. So everyone was at tables around the room, sold all 50 tickets, sold out. And, um, (laughs) but, but the price was free as well okay so we sold out always risky yeah it is risky so we weren't sure how many of those people were gonna have second thoughts how many people would be pinged and not be able to uh go how many people you know were just uh were just booking them for a lol not turning up but we ended up with about 35 i think people there and then including five of us as well and yeah, it was fantastic. It was. It felt pretty COVID safe to me, at least as safe as people in a confined space singing together can be. Uh, everyone was fairly distanced away from each other, at least two metres, Simon, except for their little bubbles. There was air conditioning in the venue as well. The lighting and sound was incredible. Uh, and the atmosphere, brilliantly, was very, very similar to the old Marioki atmosphere. Very collaborative. Everyone supporting each other. Uh, singing songs when people on stage were struggling to get through them, filling in the gaps, uh, even at our one technical glitch at the, of the night, uh, everyone kept the atmosphere going. Just lots of uh, cheering and good times. So super, super lucky uh, to have Rule Zero supporting us and very, very grateful to them. Of course, grateful to all the other people involved in Marioki who made it happen, the tech team um, of uh, uh, James and Ed and Robert and uh, social team. Uh, people like Katie and Lucy and particularly Grey who uh, did a lot of the hard work on the night and of course everyone who turned up as well um, had five new songs for the night okay right what did you um, reopen with well that's a good question that was one of the new songs opened with Genesis Jesus He Knows Me crikey we're Mariochi Oh, very good. Yeah, thanks. I mean, how how fam- how fam- how familiar were the audience with songs from the <laughs> when was that? The seventies or eighties? Late seventies, I think, or yeah. early eighties. Uh, yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Apparently, a bit of a karaoke banger. It was it was uh, went well. Also, I I performed DMX's X gonna give it to you, which when I wrote it was just a you know bit of a banger. Now, unfortunately, DMX has passed since then. Uh, turned into a, a bit of a tribute song, which I'm sure he would be pleased with, having seen it rewritten about video games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was a great night. Uh, we'll be doing it again. We think on the 20th of August. We're not sure about the venue yet. It depends whether Rule Zero liked us as much as we liked them. Good. Um, what what is Rule Zero normally? It's a uh, it's a board game uh, ah. uh, bar. Uh, in Stratford Hackney, near the canals, it's actually uh, like really, really nice, and uh, totally recommend it if you are that way. Of course, this is not um, cheating on our best friends loading, who have a bar in the north, uh, Dalston, which is not quite big enough for Marioki. It's a bit small, but they also have uh, more announcements to come, so we will have more news on that later. Until then, though, 
Until then, though, I guess it's time for the reviews. Now, Simon, um, you've already scolded me this episode for not doing my my work, not doing my homework on the news, which you kindly got us through, so thank you for that. Uh, I've got some more bad news for you. I've not played any games. What, what have you been doing? I know, I've been dealing with life, but... Well, I have two things to say about that. Firstly, um, I do have to, I, I have marked some games ready to play, which I'm going to tell you the names of now, so that you can um, uh, you can check I play them by next week. Uh, they are Nodomus by Color Fiction and Greed by Mardi uh, Fenay. Both look really, really interesting. Both are on itch.io. Both are free. So, um, in lieu of me playing them. Yet, maybe all of our listeners can play them too. Then we can just have a bit of a group discussion about them mm. next week. I'm definitely going to play those for next week. I've also marked a couple of games on my Steam account uh, ready to play for next week. So I will have played things. The other thing I wanted to say is it means I've stopped playing RimWorld, which is a good thing, I think. RimWorld, Congratulations. <laughs> ironically, uh, RimWorld's tried to get me back by dropping some new DLC this week, the ideology. Mm, how needy of I know, them. I know, you must have noticed their uh, play count go down by one. Uh, but I, as, I, as I think I sort of alluded to the last couple of weeks, I wasn't really enjoying the game. That's not to speak ill of it. I, I do think it is good. But while it is incredibly addictive for me as a game which is quite... I don't want to say easy... But it's quite ambient to play. You don't really think very hard about what you're doing, apart from at certain moments where you make big decisions about your layout or about what you're going to do next. And then there's usually half an hour or an hour or two hours of just playing along with the systems, dealing with the things that happen, getting to that point where you actually make the decision. Um, it's, It's kind of ambient, I think. It sits in the background, especially when you've got it on a Mac, which is... Uh, which is the real problem for me that I can open it easily and just play it for a while there's that uh, combined with the fact that it's a bit of a clicker and I'm not really enjoying it it just exists for me I'm not having a good time playing it I'm glad that just being quite busy this week and dealing with a lot of real life things has made me break that addiction. Something like that usually has to happen for me to stop playing a game like this and then get that distance. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but suddenly being given that distance between you and the thing that you've been sinking time into and you go, wait, what am I doing? I don't need to see what happens next. I know what happens next. The numbers get bigger until I fail. Um, so yes, I am out of RimWorld, and next week I will have some games to talk about. Okay, well between now and then, I mean I've started. I'm um, three or four hours into uh, a tribute, a love letter to old JRPG games called Chris Tales, um, which uh, was released on Switch, uh, PC, and other formats last week. Um, it's from a new studio, uh, the name of which escapes me, but, um, yeah, it's a beautiful hand-drawn, um, role-playing game, uh, in which you play, uh, young Chris Bell, uh, who's an orphan, um, who, uh, you know, through a series of events discovers that she actually has some pretty special powers, um, and it's your job, uh, to uh, avenge um, your hometown, which is attacked right at the start of the game. And you do this by travelling across a mix of overworld and uh, central locations or more more detailed locations, which are portrayed in this beautiful uh, 2D hand-drawn animation style, often overlaid, uh, sorry, often um, within uh, 3D environments. It, it, It looks really, really special, and that's that's much of its appeal. The game itself um, sees you uh, tackling um, traditional, really, uh, types of turn-based combat. Uh, you assemble a party. Each of them have slightly different uh, skills or attacks. Um, and during these encounters, um, some of which are a bit too random, you know, like 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 many of the old Final, Final Fantasy games, uh, walking throughout uh, the locations can trigger random attacks. But they're so beautiful to look at. And actually, once they start to get a little more complicated, uh, 
often become more puzzles than they are uh, sort of straightforward turn-based attacks. And that's because uh, Chris Bell has the power which enables her to see the past, the present, and the future simultaneously. And that enables um, all sorts of uh, more complicated strategies. For example, um, one of your characters uh, is able to poison uh, enemies, um, which, you know, over... Uh, over each turn, each time, uh, will take small amounts of, uh, of of health off them. What if, though, uh, you send them either into the past before you do that, and then bring them into the future? Um, that will then, uh, you know, in within game times, it's one turn, or actually two turns, given what you need to do. But uh, actually, three turns, given that you send them there poison them and then bring them back uh but actually in those three terms because of the the, the time that they will have traveled from the present so from the past to the present inflicts a huge amount of damage to them uh you know again in one of the early encounters it shows that you can um uh, you meet someone who's got a, a metallic shield one of your uh team members has got a water bubble like it's cool so you throw the water at the shield doesn't make much difference but if you then throw the, if you want to throw the water at the shield and then transport the enemy into the future it's rusted <gasps> by then so um yeah so I, I i i'm early into it and so those those examples i think everyone will see within the first couple of hours but but um yeah i'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it all becomes uh more complicated in terms of the strategies that you'll need to employ in the team members that you can uh recruit but uh, yeah driving you there is this it's just this beautiful uh visual style uh which is it's so lovely um and yeah that past present future thing again i i was unclear as to how it would work in practice but actually it's it's really nice and it opens up some environmental puzzles that you know you need to keep an eye on uh, each side of the screen to see you know oh the, in the future there's a ruined village in the present it's not in, in, in the past uh you know and working out which uh time periods to hop between in order to solve these puzzles again is part of the joy so yeah thoroughly enjoying it early 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 in its early stages, uh, apparently thirty to forty hours long. So I will, I will uh, chip at it. Uh, but for now, it's a very solid seven out of ten. That sounds really good. It is good. Okay, I'm in. Maybe I'll play that good. next week. Um, yeah. I actually do have a, a game that I, I've just remembered I played. I didn't play it for long, like five minutes, but it did astonish me in scope and uh, appearance a little. Have you seen the Google Doodle game? Oh, I've seen people write about the Google Doodle. Right, what have they been saying? That it's really good. It's Olympics-themed, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Uh, It fits so well with the rest of the show. It's an Olympics-themed track and field-style RPG game. So it's a top-down, beautiful, explore-a, love letter to uh, 8- and 16-bit RPGs, move around and um, participate in, I think, six different Olympic-style events so what is there there's an archery event there's synchronized swimming which is a rhythm action thing there's archery which is uh moving timing shooting arrows um and there's some uh, there's rugby which i haven't played yet and a couple of others as well and um yeah it's astonishingly polished you click on the play and then suddenly you're into a into a pretty decent sports... Well, I mean, the RPG side is very, very small, but uh, I believe it's got a kind of multiplayer and also collective team-based thing. You um, play part of uh, one of four different teams you select as well, so that seems very accomplished. I didn't really dive deeply into that. And it's got gorgeous cartoon interstitial bits as well, which are very much not 8 or 16-bit there. Uh, Full-screen, beautiful animation. And yeah, if you don't have access to an arcade cabinet playing Decathlete, which you have bought the full arcade machine for, or like Simon, you are compressing your 7,000 arcade game history into a single cabinet, if you don't have access to that, then just click play on the Google logo and uh, yeah, you'll find something to sate that sports game part of you, I think. Seven out of ten. Nice. Well, is there a high, is there a high score table on it? Can I be best in the world at long jump? I don't know. Um, I think there is a high school table. I think there are. They certainly seem to record my scores in some respect, but I don't know how that works yet. Cool. Good. I'll go check it out. Thank you for that, Steve. Thank you, Simon. That's the end of the show. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Resonance FM for hosting us. We will be back next week, right? But maybe, maybe, be slightly different, won't it? 
Let's see. Let's see. Make no promises. <laughs> um, yeah, as as of yet, I don't have a job, so I'm, st- I'm still I'm currently open to offers, uh, though. So, uh, yeah, I'll keep posted on that as well. All right. Till next week, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.